Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of the Club Cool podcast. We are still locked down. We are still in our homes recording remotely via StreamYard. This is the Club Cool podcast brought to you by Washed Media. I'm your host, Barrett Dudley, joined on the other line, on the other stream, on the other video by Phil Battaglia. What's going on, Phil? What's up? How's it going? Good, man. We're, we're hanging in there. I'm, I'm having a nice, cold adult beverage. That's that's uh, that's what you got to do. It's Friday. What else right? are you gonna do? Right. I, well, I is it? I don't know. Well, the days don't matter anymore. But yeah. it is. But you got to treat yourself. You have to look at the calendar. You see that it's Friday. We actually we didn't. I think we we chilled out on the alcohol a little bit this week. Yeah. We we didn't. I I don't know why that was. I don't know if we had, if we just didn't have meals that were like just begging you know to be paired mm-hmm. with a wine or what or if we were just trying to you know health it up a little bit. But, um, you know, it, it, it's just, I don't know. So today I know it's Friday, even though it doesn't feel like it. And, and in fact, in fact, I just had a little work happy hour via zoom uh-huh. and I, I, I mixed up a little craft cocktail that you taught me about called the Martinez. Lovely. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the Battaglia house specialty. It is. It's my, my go-to for sure. Um, and it's this Martinez is with gin. I think you can make it with, with whiskey or. Um, maybe, yeah. I think well, some the, people do. The, the, the books don't say that, Phil. <laughs> and I you go trust the books, and I follow the rules. I go, yeah. I go by the books. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked. I talked a little bit about you putting together this this package for us to do kind of a a happy hour, a cocktail happy hour, where you, where you taught us a few drinks. I put that on Twitter at Barrett Dudley. If you want to see the picture and the exact ingredients that you need to get Phil's big boy pack. Um, but it's gin. You get you're getting yourself gin and rum drinks with a bunch of bunch of fancy accoutrement, and of course, uh, you got to have the garn. You got to have the garn. Got to have the garn. Um, but uh, but the but this is your favorite, and this is what I I liked a lot. It's very it's interesting. The Martinez has gin, the maraschino liqueur, sweet vermouth, mm-hmm. and then a, a lemon a lemon peel garn. And, the, and, and a little bit of Angostura bitters. And a little bit of Angostura batches. bitters. Yeah. But just just so we're clear, all four ingredients, alcohol related. <laughs> yeah, even the, the bitters. Even the bitters have a little kick to them. So I had one. I, I one drink and I'm not, look, you you got to have a, I didn't, I, I, all I had was like two tortilla chips to go along with the, <laughs> the Martinez. You need like a full on charcuterie board, pad the yeah. stomach, pad the stomach for this thing. Well, at least have something on deck. You don't yeah. want to go. Um, you don't want to be drinking those things on empty <laughs> stomach. And that's what you know. I've become very spoiled. You know, since we've started making cocktails at home a few years back, um, we go to these really nice, you know, restaurants and bars, and they have these really tasty cocktails. Some of them, um, but they never. You know, you're probably getting an ounce of uh, an ounce of a spirit that they're putting in there. Whereas these cocktails call for at least. One and three fourths ounces, but we do probably with two. Yeah, yeah, two got ounces to. of liquor. Yeah, got to, got to. Uh, did your did your alcohol related books come in? They did. I'm still waiting on one, but I'm working my way through them um, right now. The one that I'm about a quarter of the way through is called the Drunken Botanist, and it mm-hmm. it's the history of all the plants that go into all different spirits. Um, it's interesting, very interesting. Yeah, so uh, you know, it it, it kind of became a joke for a little while. The whole your your mustachioed, vested 
yeah, Brooklyn bartender yeah. slash mixologist, right? Like this, that that kind of that stereotype really had like a had kind of a laughable run. I don't know, starting twelve years ago, going on to a to to just to recent memory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it is really interesting once you kind of like push past that and you ignore the kind of the the onslaught of kind of kitschy cocktail bars and and all the all the kind of affectations that that those type of spots were doing and you just kind of like dig down into the history of it after mm-hmm. you after you taught us the the you know the Hemingway daiquiri and the and the Martinez I pulled out a couple of the cocktail books that I have sitting over on the shelf and it, it's just it is always really interesting to read into the history of drinks yeah Right mm-hmm. and of these right. cock- of these cocktails, stuff like like a corpse reviver number two, or even like the you know the Hemingway or or um or this the gin Martinez, where it's like you know the, these are these are on record as as uh, 175 year old drinks, right? Yeah, they're, they're they're documented in stuff that was written in the 1800s. Yeah, and so so the history behind them is is pretty cool, and uh, yeah, I, I mean like. It, it wasn't always cosmopolitans on Sex and the City, you know. This stuff, they, <laughs> this stuff was like people were trying to do make cocktails to to cure ailments and and, and all sorts of cra- crazy stuff. So getting yeah. into the getting into the to the herbs and the the various liqueurs and and spirits that they were putting into these things, it's it's really kind of it's it's fun to dive into for sure. So it's a good hobby to to take up right now while we're all uh, going stir crazy in the house. The the book that I'm referring to just quickly it it talks about the history of all these different grains and and vegetables and and fruits that go into co- not just cocktails but spirits. I'm talking and this this is disgusting, but th- you know there's paleontologists and these scientists, uh, archaeologists that they they refer to that are like analyzing like ancient fecal matter that they've unearthed, um, and seeing you know trying to figure out the diet of these people. And so far, nearly every civilization that they've unearthed, um, you know, I just finished um, agave, for instance. That's the first plant that they cover. Uh, it talks about the Aztecs, and then the Spaniards end up coming in, and they are introduced to all these different agave-based spirits that Not- are just like ancient culture that they they found a way <laughs> to get fucked up. <laughs> yes. I mean, talk about... Uh, I mean, finding out how to use these plants and and to have them produce a, a beverage that pro- that had some sort of alcohol content is just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, short like it's like shelter, food, water, sex, and then the very next thing is uh, procuring mind altering substances. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we like to drink. Yeah. We yeah. Well, it's, you know, that's, that's what there is to do right now. So, mm-hmm. so if there's an interesting thing to, uh, to say about the topic, we're, we're going to do it here. Um, other topics for today, big, big in the pop culture, fashion architecture world this week was, uh, Drake's house being documented in architectural digest. Uh, opulent doesn't really even begin to describe this thing. And um, I, I've been reading through the March issue of GQ, and there's a, a, a short 
column there about what boils down to this ultra exclusive fashion show slash ordering a slash a buyer's market essentially for Dolce and Gabbana's like top top tier clientele people that are spending six figures a year easy on nothing but Dolce and Gabbana clothing. It's a very, very expensive pissing contest. Yes. And, um, and, and these two topics just felt like they came together pretty naturally this week. And so, because both are so extravagant as to be borderline tacky in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of wanted to, to, to talk through those things and, um, and, and that's what we're going to hash out today. But, but before we jump in, before we jump in, we got to talk about a new sponsor, Phil. Ah, yeah, yeah. Are you excited about this? Because I, I am. I am. Very. This is this is Omax Health. Omax Health that we're talking about today, and specifically their product, the CryoFreeze CBD Roll On, which uh, this product could not have come at a better point. I've been talking recently. We talked about on this podcast even about just feeling sore, the muscle fatigue from your home workouts and from, from getting used to this new routine. Look, dealing with this type of weird muscle pain, it's the worst. More than the feeling of discomfort, it can just affect your daily, your daily, your life, your, all the things that you're doing. I bet a lot of the Club Cool listeners have probably have some type of pain that they're dealing with. Maybe something new, maybe something that, that you've been dealing with for a few weeks or months that's stopping you from relaxing, sleeping stopping you from, from getting in some of these home workouts or going on a run around your neighborhood, whatever it is, enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of that nagging muscle and joint pain immediately and getting some long-lasting recovery, you got to try Natural Breakthrough Pain Relief Solution CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On developed by Omax Health. It's non-prescription. It's triple action pain relief specifically formulated to block the pain receptors and reduce inflammation, improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part, it's 100% natural, CBD-powered. This remedy works. It's magic within 10 minutes of application. Relief can last up to eight hours, so much longer than over-the-counter products. Wow. That's, yeah, yeah, wow is exactly right. And like I'm telling you, man, I, I don't know what it is about these home workouts, but they are they are leaving me with weird muscle pain that I don't normally have. Right. And I'm, I'm getting back into the, to the running. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're doing that too, yep. those shins, the knees, the ankles, the hips, Everything. man, it's, 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 it can all just get really inflamed really quickly. So the CBD roll on the cryo freeze, it got to me, honestly, just in time. Omax health is offering club cool listeners 20% off a full bottle of the cryo freeze CBD pain relief roll on plus free shipping. And this, this discount is also going to apply to any product site-wide. So go to omaxhealth.com, do it today, use the code CLUBCOOL, just like the podcast, all one word, CLUBCOOL. That is omaxhealth.com, O-M-A-X, health.com, use code CLUBCOOL, get 20% off that CryoFreeze CBD roll-on and any other product that you want site-wide. Look, man, pro athletes are using this. Pro golfers are big on this, whoever. And if you're not sold, go look at the product reviews. 95% five-star reviews, page after page. Everybody loves this. Club Cool loves this. I love this. Once again, omaxhealth.com. 
Code is CLUBCOOL, all one word, 20% off your purchase today. Go check it out. All right, Phil. Let's um, let's jump into Drake's house first. This is what we got to talk about. This is um, this is this is really really, <laughs> it's really something crazy stuff. I so the I, I was introduced to to the photos into some of the into just some of what was happening here via social media first. I saw posts yeah. on uh, on Instagram, and my initial reaction is that it was that, that honestly, it's just, it's, it is so extravagant. It's so, it's just, it's gauche. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, unreal. It's, uh, it's, it's really, it's to the point of not being attractive. It's so over the top. It's like, it's it's like a parody of luxury almost (laughs) now. Yeah. You go to the architectural digest, you, you pull up the article and you start reading about, who he worked with and what he did to create this estate. It's nicknamed the embassy. It's in Toronto. And it becomes a a little bit more palatable when you realize that it's, it's basically a, it's basically art. Mm -hmm. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, six years in the making, um, from conception to finishing this monstrosity. But one thing I will say is that, you know, we don't get to see the whole house. First of all, I want to see more of the master bedroom, which by the way is over 3000 square feet on its own. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't show you the over, over 1100 square feet of outdoor patio space that is attached to this bedroom. The covered terraces in the bedroom. Uh, (laughs) Just, but, just just to be clear, just to be clear, I, yeah. I, three three thousand square feet plus the eleven hundred of the covered terraces for the master bedroom alone. That's that's your house and my house combined. It's bigger <laughs> than both just to, together. I mean, like like this is <laughs> this is such a massive amount of space. The bed the bed frame and the bed weigh a ton. A they ton, weigh one yeah. ton, and the mattress and the the mattress and the bed alone cost more than a regular person's house. It's, uh, I mean, so it, it's like, I'm, I'm look, I'm looking for something like nice to say about it, which is when I fall back to the, to the art. I mean, people visit Frank Lloyd Wright's falling water in yeah. Pittsburgh to this yeah. day, right? Like mm-hmm, that is, mm-hmm. that is architecturally, that's architectural beauty that deserves to be seen. Right. So it's, it's, and, and we're going to, we'll reference the, the house of uh, Swiss beats and Alicia keys. Which again, it's like a it's like a modern marvel of architecture. So there's mm-hmm. there it it has artistic value to it. But so, some of the stuff that's going on in this house is just like I don't know. It just really, and I don't know if it's our generation or if it's our position in life or because it's so unattainable. But it's like it's it it's it's almost I don't know. It's just like it's 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 not all that enjoyable to look at because it's so. You, yeah, th- this this type of opulence is just like it's overload. It's an overload gross. on the system. Yeah, it's overload on the system. But um, when I first saw this, a, this his place um, I, again, I went through the pictures. Uh, it is way over the top. For instance, like in in one of the lounges, it's covered. All the walls are covered in in ostrich skin. <laughs> why? Why you could do leather? Do some like really nice leather. Why they all? That's the kind of shit that's like just. Let's take it five steps higher than what it actually needs to be. 
And and this now he did. I think some of the execution on a lot of this stuff is is beautiful, um, and most of it isn't. Most of it's just like what what the fuck am I looking at here? But when I saw this, I started going through and looking at other like like monstrosity homes that have been in the news or on TV or whatever in the past. Uh, one of them is the Spelling Manor in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. This thing was on the market um, for one hundred fifty million dollars. She couldn't get 150, but she got 120. 120 back in June of 19. I don't think that was the spelling people that sold it for that. But mm-hmm. if you have time to look up that place, it's um, a little bit bigger than Drake's. <laughs> it's sick. It's 56,000 square feet, whereas Drake only comes in at 50,000 square feet. <laughs> and it has 123 fucking rooms in it. <laughs> the spelling, but, the spelling manner does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you go back and look at some of the photos of when she had it misspelling when they built it, it's gone to a, another level. But that was, you know, back in the eighties or whenever they built it. Do, do um, we do we have a price on Drake on Drake's? No, no. That's what I would love to know. But if you know, Beverly Hills is one of the most expensive markets in the world, I guess. I don't really mm-hmm. know, but it's definitely in the country. But he's in Toronto. I don't know what it costs per foot there, but fifty six thousand square feet. 120 million. So use your imagination. Yeah. He, he talks about how he chose Toronto. He talks about a little bit of the, of his thought process behind that. As uh-huh. It's his hometown. It's it. He, he feels like doing it. There is a commitment to Toronto, if you will. Yeah. I think it's weird that he did it in Toronto though. And I, I, yeah. I <laughs> like, like yeah. I wonder if the price of this thing would have been 250 million in LA. And so, and, and if it was 150 in, in Canada, mm-hmm. could have been, but, what, what but I don't, really I mean, shocks me is I, I don't understand, like seeing something like this in the news and having a, <clears throat> having it attributed to some like, um, American billionaire or some Russian oligarch or, or something like that. You don't really think twice about it, but with Drake, I had no clue that he had that kind of cash. Well, and, and frankly, it, I'm not sure I believe that he does. Right. <laughs> I, well, I mean, if, like, somebody's like, paying for it. If we Google, if we Google his net worth, what what do we come up with? A few hundred, mil- a few hundred million is right. my guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. is there is there any way that he's as wealthy as Kanye West already? Shit, that's a great question, man. Let's see. Just Google. I'm just doing a I'm just doing a quick Google here. Estimated One net worth. Se- of a, of 150 million? Would you? Yeah, would you come, I, would, I got 170, but that's you know not the same. So that that look that that it. that number does not equate to building this house. I agree. I agree. This is every. I mean, we talked about the bed being more expensive than than yeah. people's people's homes, but really every every single thing in this house is more expensive than somebody's home. I mean, the the black marble bathtub that was cut from a sing <laughs> from a single piece. Like, what do you like? <laughs> That that was probably a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, absolutely. The the I bed, mean, the, 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 the mattress, the, the amethyst, the 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 semi precious amethyst backlit stone in the in the the bar slash lounge. Like uh-huh. like like each of these individual pieces is 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 six figures easy. And it's you know so and he also has been recently you know he's got this uh, the seven sixty seven jet right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the the plane was gifted to him by the uh, a Canadian airline that was base <laughs> that basically decided it was worth that for the marketing 
aspect of it. So wow. he's he's clearly worked hand in hand with uh, with this famous Canadian architect, the mm-hmm. uh, Raffali. I want to say mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. is the pronunciation of the name there. But but uh, but I do wonder if this if if um like like surely he's getting like the the wholesale price on everything because he, God, I sure hope so because the 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 architect is getting like mass exposure for this right oh absolutely yeah so like it's like there has to be big discount here um, dude there's there's over over five million dollars worth of stone in that house alone I mean easy but but I'm glad you know we you talk about the 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 spelling mansion in beverly hills and it was just like the 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 peak of extravagance in the 80s and 90s what's what's weird about this and as i compare it to something like a frank frank lloyd wright house or like the the one that uh swiss beats and alicia keys are in and in la jolla it's like architecture is one thing because that that's historical it lasts yeah the stuff inside a house very 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 rarely lasts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like like you you can try to be as as timeless and on and and you know just simple as possible in a home, and I, and it's like ninety nine percent fifteen years. It's going to look dated as hell. Absolutely, and all Why, that shit is custom made too for that house. So it's it's like I don't know. Is this just going to be a a time capsule of of two thousand and twenty basically? Yeah, of just like what did twenty twenty over the top wealth look like? It, I, it, I'm uh, now that we're talking about his net worth, and I mean, this is like you said, this is this is Russian billionaire shit. It reminds mm-hmm. me of that. Do you remember that? Uh, that I think it was like a Geico commercial, mm-hmm. where the the Russian guy has like a like he's got like some crazy pet, and he he even says I think he says the word opulence uh-huh. in it. You know, you remember the commercial I'm talking about? I don't, but I'm sure it's great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this yeah, man, uh, this is. This is tycoon, billionaire, like, you know, next level stuff. So I really am, I'm not sure how Drake is doing this. I'm not either. And I would like, uh, you know, we, we saw, we got some info on Kanye in Kim's house. Um, but by I, the they, way, just yeah. props to Kanye and Kim, because this house makes Kanye and Kim look, yeah. look tasteful. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I mean, like, I would, I, I would like to see more info about their house, see more, more photos, how big it is, et cetera. But uh, you're right. This, this really, and it makes, which we're about to get into Swiss beats and Alicia keys, their house. And it makes it look like uh, a drop in the bucket because they paid, I think they paid 20 million for it. I, I would love to know. Yeah. Which is right. Like I, once we're, once we're in the $20 million range, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's just like this weird, and I know I don't want to. I, it's it's this weird relationship with like this this with the economy and with capitalism that 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 young people have, and that I know we have. But it's like, when is enough enough? Like, why why is why are there hundred and fifty million dollar estates when you can when there are perfectly acceptable twenty five million dollar ones? <laughs> Why? Why do you need 123 rooms in a house? Why do you need 123 rooms in a house? Like, it are just you doesn't. It just, does, it just does not. Uh, uh, Jack Dorsey of uh, of Square and Twitter. Yeah, you know he he just he just took away a third of his wealth, a mm-hmm. bill uh, to give a billion dollars to to COVID nineteen relief, basically. Right. 
Right. Like, that, like that's, that seems like a, like, like an altruistic, intelligent investment and legacy. Mm-hmm. Spending this type of money to, <laughs> to build what is beyond anybody's concept of luxury. That's, that's the other part of it. It just doesn't seem like a good use of money. Well, hell no, it's not. You think you're going to be able to sell that house for what he put in it? There's no way. And, I mean, he'll never get his money out of it. Just to keep and just just to keep talking through about like 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 not only the the people or or others or or charitable things that you could do with this amount of money, but how about just like one house in Aspen, one house in in Paris, one house in New York, one house in LA? Yeah. Like I could have all of those for the price of this house. They could Absolutely. all be they could all be fabulous. It's just really, I'm just kind of like my mind is blown by this by this display. It is, and it's it's on it's on par with some of these um, billionaires that own those mega yachts that are in that same price range. And the, whenever you see one of those built or somebody on one of those things that you know it's uh, uh, over fifty million dollars, over sixty, um, it's just yeah, I can't wrap my head around it. And, and when how you justify stroking that check. <laughs> yeah. 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 But Drake's got somebody back in him or he's got the cash. Who the hell knows? Yeah. We need a little bit more info about that. I need more uh, info. Uh, Toronto, about, Tor- about the financials here. They might, <laughs> Toronto might be giving him some tax breaks on this. Crew. Maybe, maybe. I, I mean, seriously, like, like it, the, the more I read about what was going on in this house, the more, it, it felt like that this is, I mean, and I, it, Drake talks a little bit about how the, you know, the closet makes you want to talk to yourself and the bedroom makes you want to do this. And like, this is his place to, he, he loves coming to the bedroom and like relaxing and decompressing and all this type of stuff. But, but really like, this doesn't even, this doesn't even really seem like a place that you'd live in. No, hell no. Like it's, re- it really, it, like it's, it's, you remember on, on the show, Pimp My Ride on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> with exhibit with exhibit that 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 was like that was the 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 shop there was west coast customs right uh-huh and what that was was their opportunity to kind of show yeah what what they could do right, right those right, right. those cars were were after they were finished were not drivable they were they were not yeah <laughs> nobody wanted that as their daily car to have <laughs> Yeah, it was they had just like, like arcades in the back seat. Yeah, it was just like, hey, what kind of what kind of tight shit that shows off our skill can we can we do to this car and like make mm-hmm. a fun TV show out of it? So that that's the vibe that I get from this the whole thing is that like this is almost like meant to be toured rather than lived yeah. in. So what's what's going on with Alicia and, and Swizz's house though? Their house is um, now it's on the other end of the spectrum in my opinion in the fact that it's it's. Uh, um, it's over the top, way over the top, but it is a masterpiece in engineering and architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that, um, you know, that this is what the, the Iron Man, Tony Stark mansion was, was modeled after was this actual home. And it's sitting on that cliff in La Jolla. It's got un paralleled views from just about everywhere in the fucking mm-hmm. house. Cause the whole front of it, even the back is solid glass. Um, we need to, to somehow get a link out there for this video of that showcases the home. It is unbelievable. It's only 
10,600 square feet, Barrett. Now you can live in that. How, how many square feet? 10,600. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. That's, uh, that's perfect. I could, I could live in 10,000. That's, that's, yeah, seems, that's that cozy. Seems, that seems reasonable. Yeah. That's a nice little <laughs> cozy little place, <laughs> but it's called the razor house, the razor house uh, built in 2007 um, by some famous architect uh, listed as a top 100 designer by architecture digest. Um, anyway, yeah, it's, it is really, really beautiful and is as cutting edge as a home can be. I think even, even though it was built in 2007, I'm sure it's been mm-hmm. updated, but just, just being able to hang a house off a cliff like that, there, there's an article that describes how they had to fly in the actual equipment to build this home. And oh, yeah, yeah. You wow. can't just drive up the street with a fucking crane just to, to get to work on this stuff with concrete trucks and, and everything else. So um, all that that goes into something like this is is much more, in my opinion, much more impressive than Drake's monstrosity. Yeah. When you get in, when you, I mean, when you get into the art of architecture and what mm-hmm. you can do with the, with the structures themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it all becomes uh, like that, that really does that, that is, that is art more so than just like how many expensive materials can we jam into this? Yeah, exactly. How much gold leafing can we put on the walls? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the pool, like they have this infinity edge pool that is runs just about the entire length of one side of the house. Um, it's, 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 you say it's like out of a movie. Well, it is, it's out of Iron Man. I mean, it's his house. Uh, it's incredible. Well, so there's. Sorry to, to to interrupt here. It is from Westworld. I'm looking over to 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 my um to my producer over here. Yeah. So it was used. It, it it sounds like the Razor House may have just been used in a recent episode of Westworld. Yeah. Yep. That's exact. That pool looks very familiar. Okay. So that that the the house that that um you're you're watching Westworld, right? Yeah. So in, in the very first season, the very first scene of this season, mm-hmm. it's, it sounds like that house might be the razor house. Yeah. It's or, or, or at least similar or something. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know if Swizz and Alicia were like, now that see that's an, it's in La Jolla. So yeah. I don't know if it's their main house. Yeah, it's not. They have two other houses. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> I like how they're doing it better. <laughs> hey, they're doing it, man. But so I can't, I mean, I, I would imagine they live, they would, their, their main residence is in LA, not San Diego, uh-huh. basically. You know what I mean? Swizz is reportedly worth 120. Um, By the way, just, yeah. that's, that's incredible. I would not have yeah. guessed that he was, he was up there. Just proof that, proof that the producers can yeah. really, I mean, like guys like Pharrell and Timbaland and, and those guys mm-hmm. kind of, and Swizz Beats changed the game and, um, and made it so that these producers could really, earn dude he earns and, and she's allegedly worth a hundred million i mean these numbers are definitely not right but just shows and um we're digging into this it kind of old houses it might still be one of their current houses but he has one of those um calls k-a-w-s who's that famous artist that's real hot right now among yeah. all the hype beast but he has one of his sculptures that stands almost 20 feet tall <laughs> inside one of their homes. Or it may have been one of his old homes. Um, and that's impressive. I mean, that is really something. I don't know what that costs, but it can't be cheap. 
Another, once again, though, a far more desirable use of the money by, yeah. by buying timeless works of art. Right. And apparently he and Alicia are very um, into the art world and are yeah. avid art collectors. Like, yo, let me get a let me get a Van Gogh instead of the Drake house. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> get Van Gogh's full collection. <laughs> you might even be, you know, you might get a Da Vinci for something I, like Drake's crib. Oh, I, you can definitely get a Da Vinci. Da Vinci's there. They're 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 down. They're down in value. <laughs> <laughs> Trending down. Trending down. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, I just really, I, I don't know. I just I felt like we had to talk about this and we can continue the conversation here, moving into the fashion world with this, uh, with this, this really incredible event that I had no idea existed. Mm-hmm. So it it's in the March issue of GQ, but you can find it easily online for free. And it's, it's all about, I'm, I'm, I've got it here in my hand right, right now. The title is The Wildest Shopping Frenzy in Fashion, and this is behind the scenes at Dolce & Gabbana's biannual Alta Sartoria event, where a global community of affluent customers jet in to see a fashion show and buy the couture-level suits of their Renaissance dreams. So <laughs> the first thing that's interesting about this, a, a, a lot of people, myself included in this group, you sometimes wonder how these brands are able to do what they do. And by that, I mean, spend the money on marketing, create garments that retail at astronomical prices, develop the level of like fabrics and, and technical details that they do have the stores that they have all over the place, Singapore, Dubai, New York, LA, Paris, Tokyo, on and on and on these, these crazy, you know, high, well-designed, ultra expensive stores. Mm-hmm. And these are, these are profitable businesses. Like, right. Like this is like, how, how do they maintain this? Ultra profitable too. They're not just like right? operating on razor. Like, like, like how does this even work? And then you read yeah. about something like Alta Sartoria where Dolce and Gabbana is like flying in hundreds of <laughs> customers, treating them to lavish weekends and then they are spending five figures per garment to get this like ultra custom couture stuff. And it's just, I, I, I don't like. It's absurd. It, it's, it's just amazing. It, it, it's always interesting to think about that there are so many people, not only that can afford this, but then choose to spend the money on like this radical Renaissance looking. <laughs> like you, you, you're gonna look like a, a, th- this in particular. Yeah, you're not, you're, you're not just walking into Saint Laurent and buying some dope black jeans and a leather jacket. No, like, you you are going to look like a high prince from from uh, <laughs> from the Baroque era. You know, yeah, you look like you stepped out of like an oil painting. Yeah, yes, yes. Like you, like we're just talking about art. You're gonna look like the subject of a Rembrandt. Yeah, you look like a bozo, and the people <laughs> that go to this are bozos. The only thing that, so going through the article, there was a couple pieces that were like audible and um, it's that guy from, I think he's from Pennsylvania or something that they flew in and he's getting fitted for his full length coat that Uh was just uh solid black. But of course it had some mink fucking collar or something. That was okay. 
yeah, but you may have missed the uh, the shoulder shawl. Yeah, that, that on top of this piece that makes you look like a priest. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. But that this, is a priest. This dude is getting kitted up. He's gonna look fly as hell in his in his custom coat. Um, the, the, there's one kind of main guy that they highlight here. Who's a Manhattan lawyer. And, um, he, so what happens here is that this is a private fashion show. Dolce and Gabbana is sending like one of a kind pieces down the runway. This stuff is all like, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's couture, it's couture level stuff. And, and when we, when we say, uh, when we use those words like couture and haute couture, what that bit, what basically what that means is opposed to ready to wear is like this stuff is not mass produced for any stores. This is yeah. this is custom designed. It's usually one, two, maybe three pieces. The most intricate detailing that they can possibly come up with, no expenses spared. It's just it it's it's kind of like it's kind of like being a member at Augusta, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there 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 are there isn't a set number for dues there. Yeah. They just they just maintain it the way they want to maintain it, and then they just bill you your portion at the end. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how couture works. Is it's just like you say that you want this thing, and they just make it, and then they just charge you what it costs, and you say okay. Yeah, you don't ask about you what don't it costs. That, no, right? It doesn't. It's it's it doesn't matter. It costs what it costs. Uh, but 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 I loved I loved some of the the pieces the the little pieces from this article because so these models ro- <laughs> walk down the runway. And then the the audience members, these these big spenders here, they text their individual reps for for, <laughs> for dibs. And so this guy, um, let me see if let's see if I can pull the name just so we can call call him something. Hirschman. Hirschman is his last name. Mm-hmm. He sees the piece that he has to have come down the <laughs> runway. <laughs> and and it is a this is this is what he has to have. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to quote from the article here. Hirschman knows his prize when he sees it on the runway. <laughs> Put this aside. He texts his representative and sends a photo of the red sweatshirt with brocade Ooh. with brocade fabric, velvet sleeves, and the image of a roaring lion sewn with <sighs> silver thread. A, a technique with a name that sounds like a top shelf pasta shape. Oh god. Canatiglia. And th- let me just tell you, this sweatshirt is unwearable. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I don't 100%. know when. I don't know when this Manhattan lawyer thinks that he is going to wear this yeah. five thousand this five thousand dollars sweatshirt. I guess he's going to host a dinner party for his other fancy friends, uh-huh. who, will, who will all talk behind his back about how atrocious this lion sweater is. <laughs> that looks like something the court jester for the Lannisters would wear. It's just, it's, yeah, this, this, this is insane. Again, this is like, this is, this is such, such a douchey level of like throwing money around. And there, there are, there are elements of it that I understand. It's really cool to, to be invested in a brand and get special treatment from that brand, especially one that is a, that is a storied fashion house like Dolce & Gabbana, Right. Right. Like, like it like it must feel pretty incredible to have this global brand that that sells hundreds of million dollars hundreds of million dollars worth of stuff every year and you know the guys. You know Stefano Stefano and Domenico and they they're flying you out to Milan and treating you to this special to these to this special stuff. It's just it's I, I think what stood out to me about this Alta Sartoria, Sartoria is is how ugly the clothing is. Yes. 
Yeah, like if, I, I mean, if, when he wears this shit out public, like, what are his? Hey, Hirschman, where did you get that sweater? <laughs> the jerk store. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably <laughs> dropped, you know, fourteen thousand dollars on that fucking thing. I, I don't know, but it's just it's so for, and, and apparently other brands do similar stuff. But I'm just I'm curious as to whether they have to go this kind of kind of. I guess like, I guess they figured that this kind of Renaissance looking stuff is the, is the most allows them to, to kind of utilize the most extravagant techniques that they can come up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really interesting because it's, 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 um, it's costumey. It, it doesn't feel, you know, it, it's, we, it's unwearable. I mean, 99.9% of this shit is, is unwearable and these fools will get to wear it back next year. When they come, yeah, right? I guess they're together. So part of this is that they're buying clothes to wear to the next one of these. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. And then you know, in the same vein, there's another GQ article. I think this is from like 2013 that we were talking about earlier that highlights um, another bozo who happens to be the author of Friday Night Lights, the the book. Yeah. This this was a famous column. This one I think was it kind of made quite the round on the internet. It may have even won a few awards for, for, you know, for storytelling and writing it at some type of magazine event or, or, you know, I, I don't know who gives out awards to publications at this point. Is it the Pulitzers? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so absurd. The amount of money and the guy admits it right out of the gates. He knows that he's got a problem. So, so yeah. So that, that was the interesting piece of that is that Buzz Bissinger, I mean, he, he had an issue like mm-hmm. that he had to go to therapy for, he was spending <laughs> so much money and this, his, his, uh, his brand was Gucci. Yeah. Yeah. Gucci would fly him out and get him on the front row of, uh, of all their Italian, um, or all their big fashion shows, I guess for previewing the season. And mm-hmm. he goes on in the article to, to talk about, you know, between t- 2010 and 2012, he had spent nearly $600,000 on clothing yeah. alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, his story was, was interesting too, because it really like, I don't know what's happened to Buzz Bissinger now, but that, like you said, that, that, that article is, is eight ish years old now. Yeah. It, it really came, bef- came before the time period when we were, when people in general were like far more open about talking about like gender fluidity mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and just, how that scale works basically and, and what people can and can't be re- with regard to gender. But I mean, he, like, like I, he was, he was buying women's Gucci stuff too. And it was really yeah. like, like he, he was an interesting guy because I think he kind of, his obsession ran deep where he was buying entire collections. And he, so he had like thigh high leather boots from the women's collection mm-hmm. and, and, and all sorts of, of, uh, he it was just it was i'd love to get a report back on him now because he yeah he, he was yeah. kind of like i feel like he was he was kind of feel like if that article was written now there would be a little bit more to the story basically yeah i'd love to know what become what became of him because uh you're right he was he was buying i think he was just so obsessed and, and enamored with the luxury of it yeah and you know like you said being in that inner circle and having these people pay attention to you that are, you know, well-respected in all corners of fashion, um, are gods. And they talk to you personally. They were, you know, they fly you out. They give you all this attention. Um, 
it gets into your head. I guarantee you. And these guys that have the cash, they're going to spend it. And once they start, it's just, just about impossible to like stop and be, you know, what do you deny the ticket when they send it to you? (laughs) No, I'm not going on this four day extravagant, you know, spendathon that I've been going on for the past 10 years. No, you're going and you're going to spend all that cash. Look, I mean, you you said it. I, I can't remember if you said it right before we started this or, or or right at the beginning of the podcast. But this is the genius of it is that they basically are setting up a competition between yeah. all these clients, right? It's a pissing contest. So these guys get right. there, and it's like, well, you know, Jeff over there just dropped twenty six G's mm-hmm. on a uh, looking down at the article here, a Makado silk jacket, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't well, let Jeff outdo you don't, there, pal. Don't let Jeff outdo you, right? Like you gotta, you know, you gotta get that that uh, that velvet sweatshirt with the um, awful tiger embroidery to compete, baby. Yeah. <laughs> In that Dolce and Gabbana article, they talk about how one of the runway show. Wait, sorry. Uh, what do they, they? What do they talk about, Phil? Um, they talk about that before one of the guys at the Dolce and Gabbana deal. Mm-hmm. Had some sort of even more exclusive access, so he got to see the shit before they put it on the runway for oh, the yeah. rest of the crowd. Uh-huh. And he had to pick; <laughs> he, got, he got to pick before they got to go. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and you know, but here's one thing that the one takeaway that I thought was very cool and impressive is that if you buy something, they will tailor it on the spot for you. So you want the sleeves taken up, you want it tapered here, you want that they're gonna do it immediately and it's coming right back to you in probably what 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was a I mean, that's certainly that's a that's part of the perk, right? Is that that this it's, stuff is yeah, like I would enjoy that. You're walking right into the Dolce and Gabbana like head tailor, and they are mm-hmm. fitting this thing for you, make it m- making it perfect. Honestly, I, I think I think what what really what kind of made my jaw drop about this Alta Sartoria again, it's not it, first is that, that so many people for like that they can, that they can, that this is like, you know, this is a good business move for them to have all these people out and entertain them for a weekend. And that there are so many of them for one specific brand. Right. Yeah. Like, like I just, it's, it's always kind of because anybody that's, that, that's not, even people that are involved with fashion, you know, that you'll, you'll, you'll come across a brand, you'll see the prices of some of this contemporary and designer stuff. And you just don't understand who's buying it. Mm-hmm. You don't understand mm-hmm. who, who it's made for. And then you start reading, you know, you read about stuff like this and it's just like the curtains pulled back a little bit. It's, it's these crazy Manhattan lawyers and businessmen and like dudes that can drop six figures on, on one, one clothing brand and, and, and are invested in it and do so. And, and as a, guy that loves clothing and loves shopping like it's that piece of it is semi-relatable interesting to find you know to know that there are this many people about the real the real shocker from from this specific alta sartoria event is that 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 these guys are dropping this cash on this weird renaissance baroque old-timey medieval looking shit they just take whatever dolce and gabbana feeds them they they tell them this is cool and this is the height of fashion and they're like yes, I'll yeah. pay whatever the fuck you want me to pay. Yeah. But you know, uh, I guarantee you that just about all these high fashion brands do something just like this. Well, yeah, that's yes, absolutely. I'm and I'm sure. e- I mean even even to a, another even on uh, the full spectrum. E- our our good friend Billy over at Cricket Shirts here in Austin. 
great brand. Um, but that's, you know, two different worlds here, but even they, he has told me about how they have, you know, a handful of clients that have been with them since the beginning that, that, that spend a lot of money with them and they'll give them perks. They'll, they'll send them tickets to stuff. Uh, if they're in town, they'll, they'll make sure that they're taken care of or they'll go visit them even, um, because they created a community. Right. And so this community just happens to be, uh, full of people with small penises that <laughs> need to get together and, and spend just as much money as they can to prove that they, you know, the, to, to show their status. I mean, it is, it, it really is just a status um, thing, I think, because like you said, where are you going to wear this stuff? I mean, just I keep know. it in the closet. I'm, di- I'm dying to know. I'm, I'm really. Wouldn't like, you love I, to see somebody wearing this out in the wild? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know that, that, that just struck me. And it's like, not, uh, you know, I, I'd love to go to New York and and I probably can't afford one course at the restaurants that these people go to, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, 11 mm-hmm. Madison Park or wherever it is. Right. But I, but now I want to go for for a dinner at like a you know, a restaurant like that. Yeah. Or um and, and just and and I'm going to be on the lookout for a guy for guys wearing stuff that looks like this. Like that that looks like they went into Lucy's in disguise and um <laughs> told the people that they, they needed to look like a, um, a 17th century jester <laughs> jester or you can't a, miss them. Aristocrat. You're, yeah. You're not going to miss them when you're anywhere. I'm telling you, it's gotta be, it's, it, it, I think it's, it's dinner parties. It's gotta be dinner parties. Yeah. It's weird dinner parties too. Weird dinner parties. Yeah. Mask involved. There's that's, uh, the, uh, the, the, the one, the movie from a few years ago, the invitation. Oh, I haven't seen that. That was like a that was like a that was like a a, a kind of hoity toity San Francisco area dinner party, but with mm. people, all people that were only worth like you know several million dollars. Nah, not nice. They, they probably weren't going to Alta Sartoria, uh-huh. but I'm, I really am losers. Yeah. Just because that's something that you and I deal with, right? It's like we mm-hmm. there, there's cool stuff that we want, and then and and occasionally end up with. And then we just can't figure out where to wear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. That maybe maybe these guys are doing the same thing. You know, for if me, I'm for- dropping a, a, a significant <clears throat> amount of money on a piece of clothing, I have already figured out at least five different ways to wear it. I mean, otherwise, what's the fucking point? Unless you know, like a suit or something, you can wear that all the time to different things. But like, uh, but these guys, you know, they want it for that next event or wherever the hell they're going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's absurd. Maybe, maybe they're going to the Met Gala. They're they're the people that don't get photographed at the Met Gala. Yep, that could be right. But you know, the Met Gala is a theme. So unless it's Renaissance, then they're fucked. True. True. Yeah. With Dolce and Gabbana, they're just making it work. I guess. Make it work, baby. Oh, by the way, were you you were telling us about speaking of make it work, the new show on Amazon that is like Project One Ray Runway making the, the cut. Making the cut. I haven't yes. checked that out yet. We're going to do that. It is. It's Heidi Klum uh-huh. and, Tim, and Tim Gunn. Yeah, from Project Runway. Runway. It's hard to say that. It, it, yeah, um, especially after Juan Martinez. Ooh, look at. And <laughs> it's on Amazon. It's, it's very similar. My so my thing from whenever I would ro- watch Project Runway. I think I was taken out of it because everything was so conceptual. Yeah. And I always felt like, like they, they, they kind of took the formula from a cooking show, right. On project Run- runway. 
So it's like, oh, hey, we're going to give you, you know, a bag of pipe cleaners, some some aluminum foil, and this roll of trashed army canvas. Uh huh. And we want to see what you can come up with, right? Uh Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're going to get some creative stuff and and maybe something that's interesting, but I'm I'm so much more interested on the scale of like creativity that that is that then manifests itself in something interesting but wearable. And yeah. it's like we, you and I always talk about when we when we kind of dive into the fashion shows and and the runway events. It's like we're we're always drawn to the stuff that's 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 interesting and kind of aesthetically pleasing. It maybe says something new or different that we that we haven't thought about, but at the same time can be digested and like slotted into a re- to to a wardrobe for real. Right. Mm-hmm. So Project Runway was just always kind of like, let's see what kind of crazy creative stuff they can come up with with this random sort yeah. of you know set of bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, so it sounds like this this making the cut pushes it a little bit more into that like actual fashion territory okay good yeah i I would like to see it and what you were saying it seems like they've thrown out the budget too so they're like doing shows like shutting down streets in paris and uh it's yeah that was it was that was katie that that is that's um ah of katie and jordan of katie and jordan shouts Mm -hmm. yep okay yep so uh yeah we'll have to if if you give that a watch, I'll give it a watch and we can, okay. uh, we can talk we'll about, we can talk about our viewing experience here on, on the club cool podcast. Since we do meet at the intersection of style and pop culture. This is true. Meanwhile, sh- save plenty of money because we're going to get our, we're going to get our invites. I think in the next couple of years to, to, to Alta Sartoria. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the, mm-hmm. the stimulus check, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pocket mine away. Yep. I'm going to save it for when we inevitably get invited to Alta mm-hmm. Sartoria. Now that we've covered it on the podcast, we should be shoe Oh yeah, one hundred percent. They're going to want us to do like a live podcast. I would imagine while we're there. I, you know what? I, Alta Sartoria, the next one. It's probably it's probably not happening because of uh, because of the pandemic. Ah, true. So they'll, when they'll, it do, they'll do it, they'll so do when it, it do, anyway. When it does come back around, you know, it's going to be a big one. It's going to mm-hmm. be a real a real blowout. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I would love for Bruno to infiltrate that thing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dude. Can you imagine that? That would be the perfect setting <laughs> for a for a new Bruno segment. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got anything else to close us out here? No. Um. It was good to uh, see your face virtually. This Absolutely. is uh, the quarantine is really getting to me now. Oh I'm, boy, I'm losing it over here. I know. I know. Well, get out. Get out there. Take a walk. Um. Check us out. Go check out Omax Health. Try the CBD, the freeze, the roll-on. That's the product that I like the best right now. But 20% off, code is CLUBCOOL, site-wide, any product you want, free shipping, omaxhealth.com. You can support the podcast directly, patreon.com slash clubcool. If you got a couple extra bucks a month lying around, Phil and I will post our uh, our best stuff on the internet of the month very soon here. There's a lot of sales going on right now, still, Phil. Oh man, big time. Um, these, these, it, it's, uh, it's, you know, it, it always feels a little nasty to be opportunistic in a time like this. But, it, but if you know, if you make it through this unscathed, I, I, the fact that 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 almost all of them are running tw- anywhere between twenty and thirty percent off for days, if not weeks at a time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. W- what that should tell you is that. This year's sale season is going to be unprecedented. Can you imagine? 
All so, the inventory that they're going to be sitting on. Yep. Hey, you know what? It makes it makes Barney's look like uh, geniuses getting out at the right time. They shut the doors <laughs> before all this shit happened. Yeah, those those brilliant bastards went bankrupt at just the right moment. <laughs> oh man, I'll never, I'll never let them live down not shipping my shoes. Those fucks. They, you got your money back though, right? Yeah, I got my money back. They never, yeah. they never hit the. They never even, they never went charged. But yeah. I got, I was on the phone with them. They said, "Oh yeah, it's getting ready to ship. We're getting it prepped." They, Phil, they probably are in that trash pile that we saw pictures of. I know. I want, right I want on, to go right, pick <laughs> right, right there on Madison Avenue. God, somebody's wearing them. Anyways, um, yes. So we should have a good list for you. patreoncom slash cool. Join us, support the pod, and uh, yeah, man. Instagram too at clubcoolpod. We'll be back next week with another episode. And uh, stay safe out there, everybody. See ya. Bye-bye.